Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Please be seated. When you prepare the ashes for an Ash Wednesday service, you take ash burned from a previous year's palm fronds, palm leaves that we wave on Palm Sunday, and you mix them with a little bit of oil. But you have to be careful, because if you exhale a little deeply, the ash will go across the counter (laughs) or across the room. Not that I know from personal experience. The oil helps it stay put. And as you wash your hands after this work, it isn't easy to remove the signs of the ash and the oil on your skin. It remains in the creases of your fingertips and in the beds of your nails. There's something like this we experience about coming to church on Ash Wednesday and being marked with this ash and oil while these words are spoken over you Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's a strange ritual, really, if you don't know much about the church, or even if you do. But there's something that draws all of us here today. Maybe you come to church all the time, or maybe this is one of those few days a a year you think, I need to go to church and get my ashes. It's just something that we do, something we've always done. There's something very real, very tangible about what we do today. It's ritual. The importance of it is hard to describe. Yes, it's a reminder of our mortality, something our society doesn't tend to talk about very much. It's also a reminder of our common humanity. We are drawn here together to do this together for reasons we may not really be able to name but we walk forward and receive these ashes and these words. People have been putting ashes on their heads and using ashes in a prayerful way for millennia. In times of natural disaster and national tragedy, people put on sackcloth and ashes as a sign of mourning, of humility, of the need for God's help. In the book of Jonah, when Jonah finally gets spit up from the fish's mouth and goes back to shore and goes to Nineveh where God had sent him in the first place to share the message God told him to share, that in 40 days due to their wickedness, Nineveh would be overthrown. The people of Nineveh surprise Jonah. They believe him and they take action. They proclaim a fast, and everyone, great and small, puts on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And the people cried out to God, turned from their wickedness, and changed their ways. And much to Jonah's chagrin, God saves them. Book after book of the Old Testament contains examples of people who are in grave danger or in severe need of reform, recognizing their need for God's help and putting on sackcloth and ashes. Jonah, Job, Esther, Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, all contain stories like these. In times of mourning or repentance, ashes were the tangible step in crying out to God. We need something different. 
we need a change. They were a visible prayer, a sign that something needs to change, and God's help is needed to do so. For us, these ashes have other resonance, too. On Ash Wednesday, we begin the season of Lent with these ashes on our forehead. At the conclusion of Lent, we begin Easter with the great vigil, with baptisms. In baptism, we are marked as Christ's own forever and sealed by the Holy Spirit with the sign of the cross in oil on the forehead. It is the outward sign of the beginning of life in Christ and in the church. For the earliest Christians in the ancient church, this period of Lent, the weeks leading up to Easter, was a time of intentional preparation and repair. New converts to the faith called catechumens spent this time in preparation for their baptism at the Easter Vigil, when they would join the church as members and participate in the sacrament of the Eucharist for the very first time. Lent was also a time when those who had been cast out of the community because of the things they had done were able to do the work required to rejoin and become a part of the community again. What we can glean from all this history, the reason I'm sharing all of this with you, is that although these ashes are a powerful and lasting reminder of our mortality, that is not all that they are. They are more of a beginning than an ending. They are more of a starting place than a destination. As with all the practices of the faithful, prayer, fasting, and more, at their best, they point us to God and to one another, growing deeper in relationship with both. Sometimes we let these practices become an end unto themselves rather than the beginning, the threshold that they are supposed to be. This is part of what Jesus is teaching in today's gospel. When you give alms, when you pray, when you fast, he's saying, don't lose sight of what those are for, deepening the love of God and the love of neighbor. Almsgiving, or giving to those in need, recognizes that we belong to one another. It's giving to those who aren't able to meet basic needs because it isn't enough for only my needs to be taken care of. Almsgiving is placing value in the community as a whole. When almsgiving becomes only about the generosity of the individual, it loses the ability to connect us more deeply. Likewise, when fasting becomes about a feat of strength or willpower of an individual, it ceases to be an opportunity to grow closer to God by simplifying our lives or noticing what other things we try to satisfy our hunger for God with. It ceases to be a way to expand our compassion for those who are hungry every day, not by choice. And when we pray only because it seems like what we're supposed to do, we might miss the ways it can be a doorway into a deeper relationship with the one who is always reaching out to us. We miss the ways prayer gives us a way to cry aloud to God when we're not quite sure what else to do, when we, when we need to mourn, when we need to repent, or when we need to hope and ask for change. 
We miss that prayer can feed our souls and bind us closer to God and one another. Each of these practices is only a beginning. It is a step down the path towards knowing and loving our God and one another more deeply. It is a step towards trusting that God will take these beginnings and work in us. Because we do not engage in these rituals for things to remain exactly the same. For the hungry to stay hungry, or the outcast to stay cast out. For the lonely to continue to feel alone. No, we do them. We do them to allow God to prepare us, to transform us. And Lent is a good season to take these steps, to choose one and to notice how it leads us into deeper relationship with God and one another. We don't enter this season to come out on the other side exactly the same, but rather renewed, transformed, restored. In a few moments, we will step forward to the altar to receive these ashes. May they be a reminder to you of our common humanity and the way our precious time is held in God's almighty hands. But let them also be a visible prayer. Let this also be a beginning, a reaching out, a prompt to discern this season how you can more deeply love God and your neighbor. Long after you wash the ash and the oil from your skin, let it remind you why we come here, seeking, seeking one another and seeking God, and that God meets us as we are and invites us to take the next step, growing in relationship with God and with each other. Amen.